I have used a lot of commerce platforms in the past. By far, the most robust is Shopify. No matter how complex your business needs and no matter how large your business grows, Shopify can handle it. And they do handle it for brands like Rothy's, Ruggable, Allbirds, Knox, Magnolia, Brooklinen, Glossier, and Cotton, to name a few. You may already use another e-commerce platform and you may be super unhappy with it, but you've already put a lot of work into it and migrating to Shopify could seem impossible. But I'm here to tell you that it is quite easy. When I migrated to Shopify back in 2022, their apps and tools meant I just had to make a few clicks and everything was ported over as if by magic. Shopify also lets you design your storefront however you like, which from personal experience I know isn't the case for many other commerce platforms out there. All these features and all this control can result in more sales more often. So stop leaving sales on the table, switch your business to Shopify today, and discover why millions trust Shopify as their all-in-one commerce platform to build, grow, and run their businesses. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial at shopify.com forward slash practical, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com forward slash practical, shopify.com forward slash practical. Good morning, Prakaptan. I hope you are well. Today we'll be discussing Enchiridion 8, which reads as follows. Don't demand that things happen as you wish, but wish that they happen as they do happen, and you will go on well. Before we can dive into that, however, I have a few new patrons to thank. Thank you to Marco Lucky, Phil Penton, Fraser McConnell, and Pi Venus Winslow. Each of you joined at the $5 tier, which is something I hope more and more listeners will do and is greatly appreciated. If you're part of the Discord, then you know that I've recently signed with a new podcast network, an announcement which will not be formally made until January of this upcoming year. This new relationship was entered into as a much wiser podcaster with the benefit of, let's say, dispreferred experiences, which enabled me to keep a lookout for my best interests as a content creator and also your best interests as a listener. There are very strict rules in place in this agreement, such as at the turn of the year, every short podcast episode, like the one you'll hear today, will be restricted to just two one-minute ads. Every long podcast episode, like the ones we do with interviews and Q&As and things like that, will be restricted to six, and those six will be delivered in pairs of two, spaced at least 15 minutes apart. These rules will enable me to monetize the audience that can't afford to support me directly, while not inserting so many ads that it seems they are happening every three seconds. And I understand that ads are annoying regardless of how many there are, so if ads are a really strong irritant to you, I hope you will understand that this podcast must be my full-time living or I cannot justify the time investment to it, or to my writing, or to the community at large. If the ads are that bad, you can pay $5 a month to go ad-free and feel very excellent about being part of what is a genuine effort to serve everyone who wants to listen, just not at the expense of my livelihood. I hope you can empathize with that and understand. Now, how about we hear some ads, because I know you're all looking forward to that, and then on the other side, dive into Enchiridion 8. See you there.
I have used a lot of commerce platforms in the past. By far, the most robust is Shopify. No matter how complex your business needs and no matter how large your business grows, Shopify can handle it. And they do handle it for brands like Rothy's, Ruggable, Allbirds, Knox, Magnolia, Brooklinen, Glossier, and Cotton, to name a few. You may already use another e-commerce platform and you may be super unhappy with it, but you've already put a lot of work into it and migrating to Shopify could seem impossible. But I'm here to tell you that it is quite easy. When I migrated to Shopify back in 2022, their apps and tools meant I just had to make a few clicks and everything was ported over as if by magic. Shopify also lets you design your storefront however you like, which from personal experience I know isn't the case for many other commerce platforms out there. All these features and all this control can result in more sales more often, so stop leaving sales on the table, switch your business to Shopify today, and discover why millions trust Shopify as their all-in-one commerce platform to build, grow, and run their businesses. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial at shopify.com forward slash practical, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com forward slash practical, shopify.com forward slash practical. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, Prakaptan, from the void of commercial advertising, unless you're a patron of the show, in which case, welcome for the first time and thanks for being here. Today, we're going over Enchiridion 8, which is a short reflection, but one that gets at one of the many hearts of Stoicism which I hope now has you imagining Stoicism as a multi-hearted beastie, preferably with multiple heads and wings, which I kind of like the idea of. In any event, here is the text of Enchiridion 8. Don't demand that things happen as you wish, but wish that they happen as they do happen, and you will go on well. We're going to have to talk about fate again. Oh boy, here we go. More Stoic fatalism. Happy Friday. But first, to warm us all up, Let's talk about free will in Stoicism, as I want your headache to be slow in coming and not rush you all at once. It is my opinion that, had the Stoics had even a phrase to describe the phenomenon that we call free will, that they would have believed they possessed it, but they definitely would have defined it quite differently. As I understand it, which could be flawed, but I don't believe it is, from the time of the most recent conflagration, that's the great cosmic fire that sort of resets the universe, everything is faded. Everything is faded to happen in a sequence we can do nothing about. But that's not entirely true. Human beings are somewhat of a ghost in the machine of the universe, or perhaps more correctly, we are like the nexuses where many strands of the spider's web meet before continuing on. All of the things that led up to this moment, the one where I'm sitting in a small Italian cafe, sipping on a mocha latte at 12.15 in the afternoon on a Thursday, must now stop at me, in my brain, and wait for directions. I control that decision, the directions I give. I am, in a way, like a god of fate, in a strange way. But I control nothing that happens after I make my decision, after I make a choice, whatever that choice is. Imagine a line that represents time. Imagine it moving forward, 
towards you. And when it gets to you, it must stop. Because there, it enters your brain, and you must tell it where to go. You tell it where to go. You direct the future by making a choice. Perhaps that choice is to run left, or to pick up a rock and throw it, or to sing in the middle of the street, or to begin humming your high school fight song out of nowhere. Once you make that choice, the line sort of ricochets off of it and moves in that direction. You controlled nothing about what led up to that decision, and you control nothing beyond it, but you did control the decision itself, and so you have freedom of choice, which is, I think, how the ancient Stoics would have conceptualized the idea of free will, had they ever even considered the concept. So you're not controlling the past, you're not controlling the future, you're more like directing things. And that's very different than our contemporary understanding of free will. Because when we say free will, we think of something more broad. We don't just control our choices, we control our actions as well. The Stoics would think that this was patentedly ridiculous, because beyond our choice, how could we control anything? The weather? Certainly not. The outcomes of our choices? No. Our bodies? No way, Jose. Not a chance. If I choose to kick a can down the street, all I control is the decision to kick it, because I can't control whether my leg gets a twitch and I miss the can, or I get a muscle cramp and I fall over, or a giant space eagle flies out of the atmosphere and shoots my leg off with its laser beam eyes before I can kick the can. I can control nothing external, not absolutely anyway. So if I can't control it absolutely, I can't control it, period. Influence is not control. Influence is just influence. Most times we do succeed in doing what we choose we want to do. But that's only because nothing external to our minds, to our decision, prevents us from doing the thing we're setting out to do. It is not because we are actually in control. So returning to the meditation, in case you're so confused right now you've forgotten it, don't demand that things happen as you wish, but wish that they happen as they do happen, and you will go on well. Epictetus is warning us that when we demand things which are external to our hegemonicon, to our rational faculty, that we are destined to be absolutely miserable because we have no power to ensure such things. I cannot demand it not rain, or that it will rain, or that there won't be any earthquakes today, or that my wife won't leave me, or that my father won't die, or that my favorite friend won't be hit by a bus. I cannot demand of the universe that these things don't happen, or that their opposites do happen. And so, what do you imagine will happen to me if I hinge my contentment in life upon those things which I have no ability to ensure? If we live a so-called blessed life, that is to say, one where things just seem to work out well for us all the time, we may never feel particularly discontent. And there are certainly people who seem to have all the luck in the world and whom, if misfortune suddenly struck, would have no idea how to survive it. But most of us are no stranger to everything going exactly the opposite of how we would have preferred it to go. When I was in my late teenage years, I didn't want to be homeless, but I was. When I was in my 20s, I wanted to finish college, but I couldn't afford the tuition to do so. When I was in my very late 20s, I wanted to graduate from radiology school and use that degree to join the Peace Corps, but I was forced out by a clinical instructor who didn't like the fact that I had joined the program to, as she put it, just put it on my resume. And she lied hard enough to get me ejected from my clinical rotations, which I couldn't afford to retake, so I had to drop out. And in my early 30s, I wanted to become the youngest manager of an IT department at a company called TBC Corporation. 
But because my climb up the ranks hurt more senior employees' egos, I was targeted by a small group of grumpy colleagues who conspired to make HR complaints every day for two weeks until I was fired without any explanation. In fact, I didn't find out what had really happened until almost a month later. And in my mid-30s, when I wanted my recording studio in Maine to continue to thrive and become a lifelong career, COVID happened, and the business went under. And then finally, when I thought I'd make it as a full-time podcaster on a network that cared about my success, well, you know how that went. Oh, and let's not forget the time my home flooded, just three weeks after I'd finished building it with my bare hands, and I had to leave it for lost and move into an apartment a few miles away. I built an apartment with my bare hands, and in like day 20 of living in it, it flooded and couldn't be salvaged. Can you imagine how mad I might have been? And I was. I was furious, in fact. But I remember looking at my dog, who was, at the time, sitting on my couch, surrounded by water, was kind of like a couch island at that point, looking at me like, well, now what the hell am I supposed to do? It's wet everywhere, and I don't like water because I'm a big baby, which is very true of him. And in that instance, seeing his face locking eyes with him, with his expression, I went from furious to laughing because all this was just a thing that had happened, and it wasn't going to happen forever. It was just happening now. And shouldn't I ultimately be grateful that it had happened? I mean, that meant that I might experience something now that I'd never experienced before. For example, I'd never called ServPro before. And now I would finally get to see how they worked their magic. And that's kind of a neat thing, I guess. Epictetus wants us to want what happens and want what happens next. Because what's the alternative to want a time machine, a magic lamp, a fairy godmother, When we want what happens, we stop worrying about the fact that it has happened, and we stop fearing what might happen, because we step away from building a life based on a reality we cannot create for ourselves. We can't control anything but our choice, right? And so we should only want for that ability, the ability to choose. And we should trust that such an ability can get us through whatever thing might happen to us. And when we do this, if we can do it, Not only do we begin to view external things as being indifferent to the thing that matters most, that's virtue and a virtuous character, but we begin to see everything as survivable and momentary. And when we can do that, well, as Epictetus said, we will go on well. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Thanks again to Marco, Phil, Fraser, and Pi for their support as my newest patrons. And thank you to all of you who will decide to become patrons today by going to actualstoicism.com forward slash support. Link in the show notes as always. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, take care. 